Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode two of the Real Sports Guest Show podcast. I'm your host, Aziz Karsella, joined by Anthony and Ebert, uh, two of our writers here yep. at realsport101.com. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about a variety of things. First off, I'm going to jump right into E-League Week 4. Today is the last day of the group stages. Um, but just let us now, SK Gaming defeated Team Liquid 2-1 in a very interesting match, very closely contested. And they will be going on to face Heroic in the decider best of three to try the last spot for the E-League playoffs. Now, what do y'all think about so far week uh, one through three? From what I've seen in the, uh, from, from so far what I've seen with uh, EU, for it, <laughs> with the competition, uh, you know, right now, it's super close, you know, but the teams in the playoffs, G2, Fnatic, Cloud9, Astralis, Faith, most of these teams were expected to make through the groups. Or, uh, we're expected to make it through groups, so it's not that much of a surprise to me. I mean, you just see uh, Heroic versus SK soon, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that should go 2-0 for SK by all normal circumstances, but then again, Heroic did beat SK 16-5 on Friday night. And SK, of course, been pretty shaky, but they looked really good against Liquid, who Liquid beat them two times in the past three best of, best of three matchups they faced. So. Yeah. That's an interesting match because look at uh, Team Liquid. They've been really strong against SK and Astralis recently. And then Team Liquid loses to Astralis 16-11 on Overpass. I don't know why Team Liquid's been trying to play Overpass, but it's not working out for them whatsoever. And then Team Liquid plays SK. They beat them on the first map pretty decisively. Lose on Overpass, and then they lose in overtime on Mirage. Probably, their, I would say, their best map. So that's really a really interesting set of results. Um, that last spot for Week 3, for this Week 4, will play North in the playoffs. And North has been... Very interesting to say the least, in terms of mm-hmm. yeah, surprising yeah. results. So, Tony, uh, Anthony, how do you feel about some of the teams in the uh, bracket playoff bracket for E League? The actual matchups, but uh, you have Phase, um, Fnatic beat Immortals, I, I believe. Yeah. Yes. No, they beat Mouseports. Yeah, they beat Im- Phase. Fnatic beat uh, Immortals, and they beat Mouseports after that. I can just take it one by one, actually. Well, like with FaZe, it's a team that obviously you're going to like out-aim everybody until somebody finds like something that they can do to counter them, like whether it be strategically or just out-aim them. But nobody's going to be out-aiming them anytime soon, and I don't think anybody's going to be able to figure out how they play if they don't even know how they're going to play yet. Right. Vias in their quarterfinal bracket, that's easy, pretty easy match. It's probably the easiest they could have gotten, to be honest. Um, assuming that Heroic doesn't beat SK. Uh, Cloud9 versus G2. Um, Cloud9 has <coughs> a history of beating G2 in best of threes and best of ones. Uh, obviously, the lesser of the two in terms of favorites. But uh, G2, even when they do lose, they usually manage to come back. Considering this is the quarterfinals for the best of three, if they're gone, they're gone. Uh, Australis and Fnatic. That's a, a tight matchup. I'm excited to see that. Australis has been a little bit down. Fnatic has been. Uh, say on the rise but they're figuring themselves out a little bit more as they go I mean, so that's going to be a good matchup i know you're pretty high on the fanatic golden era but i mean i, I will admit fanatic have been impri- uh, surprising me online uh, against mouse sports especially or even online against mouse sports and mortals they seem to be who have been pretty good mouse sports i'm surprised i'm seeing the uh playoffs on the team <coughs> uh so 
surprise last year was Ninja's Pajamas. Envious have been uh, Thorin called them onliners. I mean, they haven't gotten a group stage in a while. And so them getting out with against BP has been, you know, trending downwards. But being Nip, that was pretty impressive, I thought. So, But against FaZe, uh, I don't think Envy really can out-aim them whatsoever. Sexter, underperforming Opera. If anything, Happy will probably might, might even main op. XMS is good, but he's not, like, great. RPK is a tank, but, I mean, we saw teams like Cloud9 and Team Liquid get destroyed by FaZe. It's going to be hard to see anyone beating this phase rush. I know you said they're pure aim, but I mean, uh, Kerrigan's a great idea. I know they don't have very deep tactics, but I feel like they could definitely fall back on some more advanced tactics, unlike, say, the poor man version of phase Cloud9, or even G2. But G2, with a coach, they have pretty good tactics, so it's very interesting to see in terms of the tactical base versus the more take headshots and go approach. And I th Yeah, and I think you could see that for uh, both matches, particularly the G2 Cloud9 match, because uh, G2's coach, Smith, right? Obviously, he's he's played with Shocks and he's played with Shocks for quite a while. And he's been around this G2 uh, super roster ever since, you know, its formation, right? So I think Smith, with the experience he has with Shocks in particular, you know, he has a, I think G2 are going to have a, you know, a wider variety of, uh, of uh, strategic like a place to fall back on, whereas with Cloud9, uh, Tarek, uh, Tarek, one of the newest pickups to Cloud9, uh, you know, still trying to learn, trying to, you know, incorporate the IGL role into the team, still trying to pick it up himself. So it's it's a bit of a mismatch. And Valence is more of a hands-off coach than Smith's, personally. Or so Zeus, you can compare him to, because, like, Zeus has been very hands-on. If you watch the Team Liquid America's team... Uh, documentary series, you see Zeus is really um, active in how he uh, coaches the team, whereas Valens, as you said, he's more of a hype man, but he does do, I know he does a lot of demo research, he definitely helps with um, like strategies, which I think helps Cloud9, because I was I wouldn't say surprised to see him make out of their uh, group, but the team under, I wouldn't say underperformed either at F1 there, because I mean, they did lose the phase in the quarter, uh, the semifinals really badly, but I mean, they did get out of groups, so I mean, that's, that is props to them. Cloud9, they have a lot of potential. I remember when they first formed, everyone was like, oh, they're the, at least me at least, that uh, they were the Na North American super team. And then, I mean, mainly because Stewie, Automatic, and uh, Skadoodle have been so good, you would think replacing underperforming Shroud and nothing, they would definitely improve. But, I mean, we'll see. G2, like uh, Tony Anthony said, is a great matchup for them. Uh, but then again, G2... They've won two events not too long, not in a pretty decent amount of time. They're looking pretty hot. Uh, Shocks, Kenny S. I mean, those two players. It's insane to watch individual level. So we'll see if G2 can keep the uh, winning ways against Cloud9. But then if you look at the bracket, Cloud9, I remember when that matchup plays, the Stralis and Fnatic. More likely it's Stralis. The Stralis did pretty well in the best of ones yesterday. So a G2 Astralis semifinal could be very insane. Or even the Cloud9 Astralis semifinal. And then other side of the bracket, yeah, Phase Envy, North, FK. Oh, man, this is going to be probably one of the better events of the year, I would think. Especially, you know, in terms of the uh, top tier uh, events. This is the woman in our prize pool, so it's pretty much a major, if you want to think of it that way. It's like all the top teams have been here. So, I mean, it's going to be definitely looking out to see if uh, Heroes pull the upset, because if they do... 
I could say that's a big storyline for Heroic because, I mean, they've always been the, the odd man out in the uh, greatest lineup. So, definitely be looking out for Heroic to see if they can pull off some Heroics against Life's the Best Day Gaming. Oh, good one. I know, right? Yeah. Haha. <laughs> 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 there's the top tier. So, uh, one thing that's not league. top tier. Uh, oh. One thing that might be, I was surprised about was Wes's. Uh, last year. Damn it! You took the transition. You stole it. Of course I stole it. I mean, that's my job, right? I get paid to these things. To steal? Oh, it's no. We're getting paid to steal. Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> but last year we had NZ and King win the finals over in China, and NZ won eight hundred thousand yeah. dollars against King win. That's not the. And the other uh, Polish lineup, <coughs> Pro finished third, and then went on to second on the major. Space Soldiers fourth. It was very interesting. It wasn't like the top tier teams. That's another one. North America came at the event with Selfless, who would disband later on. Uh, so it's really interesting to see last year's result. Now, this year, it's been a lot of hype, I would say, around Westig for 2017. So these, like, quote unquote, super teams of, like, certain regions form, uh, Norway. They had like all these like all the players come back and then you see Rubino on the bench. I thought that was very interesting. Uh, all these different like teams are like making these crazy lineups and people might say, Oh, I wish that was an actual team. I know for example for France they have Kiyoshima's back with like I think Zawu and all these different players and it's just like oh I wish Uh that no, was it's it's just Kiyoshima in place of Scream on Envious. Ah. Yeah. So, is is Zawu playing in Westwick or no? Nope. No, not not as of yet. As of yet, I don't know. Envy player, Envy at least Envy fans were saying, "Oh, wish we could have Kiyoshima back," and he said, "I on stream yeah. he was only playing for the tournament." So, it's very interesting to see how all these different like quote unquote regional super teams are forming in the light of well, uh, people often forget the last Wessig. You had teams like Team Dignitas with AZ in place of Rubino. You had Australis playing. Uh, the same team that's playing this year, Norway, was playing as well. Right. You had Virtus Pro, you had Russia with Electronic, Hooch, World Edit, uh, Ubik, and J- JMQA, Virtus Pro, Godsent, uh, Epsilon with Disco Doplin, and all these teams, but only a handful of them had actually made it into the main event. Sadly enough, it wasn't the top, or top uh, echelon of teams that made it there. So what would you say, why would you say that happens? Do you think it's a lack of motivation? Because it's not, I mean, while the actual event is a high prize pool, but, I mean, the qualifier is only limited prize pool. Teams have to prepare for tournaments. There's a lot of tournaments going on right now. So do you think it's maybe a lack of dedication? In terms of the better teams losing, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Um. Well, when I think about when I think about how better teams are losing to these mixed teams, it's really it really comes down to teams like having Kerrigan. He's such a an in de- in depth in game leader that he can't be reading these teams that have never played but together before. Like, there's not really anything you can do against these mixed teams if as an in game leader other than make your own calls like and executes. You can't really do anything other than that. So, it's really a matter of. I don't know how these kids are playing, so I don't know how we should play ourselves. Interesting. Um, that's a fair point. Uh, but then again, look at like China. The team that qualified for the main event was from China was Vichy, 
instead of uh, using Code Make It because they're being coached by Peacemaker and they have they've been to the top Chinese team forever. But these two, I've always been up there. They have Duncan, he's Jun Tyloo, um, Iniesta, only the same biggest name player. So I thought that was was it interesting, but I can't I can't say it's unexpected. Wow, they've already qualified for the main event. I didn't think that that, that was. Yeah, that happened back in early September. One team from Asia, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Oh no, they can. Uh, two teams were sent to the Asia Pacific right, yeah. uh, qualifier. Flash and Newport. Tyloo finished fifth through eighth. Boot finished fifth through eighth as well, which is. They were at Six teams from that can make it to uh, the main event, so it's not all. All hope isn't lost. You could still see teams like. Uh, Tyloo and Eclipse. And now, speaking of Tyloo, you have Bondic replacing HZ or HZ, depending on where you're from, in the active roster. So now you have three uh, Chinese players, a Indonesian player, a Ukrainian player, and a Brazilian coach. So that's four different regions in one team, and never have before have we seen a combination like this. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Like, Bondic on Tyloo, that on, I mean, he's on loan, to be fair. But how raises the fourth side and bench? I think that's very significant because I mean we haven't seen a whole lot of Asian players coming across to the Western uh, culture team. We haven't seen a lot of Western team players really go to Asia. I, uh, I remember uh, one of the Tyloo players was saying, or uh, coaches was saying that a lot of um, American players are kind of guessing what they watch. They have better success in Asian region because there's a lot of tournaments there with good money pr prize pools there and, and less competition. Less competition, exactly. Plus, it would help the players there play against people who have been in more um, traditional European slash North American setups, and it would definitely help them learn and train to become better teams. And Bondic, he has been a great player for Hell Raises on a team that hasn't been the best, but he was definitely a very good player. And him going to Tyloo under the watchful eye of Peacemaker definitely could be something. Um, HZ was really good I would say for Tyloo but then again obviously they dropped him so something must be going on I mean Tyloo, Mo, Didi have been very good players Ventet, she's been the Indonesian wonder god um, I would say uh, underrated player but then again a lot of people have hyped him up so I would think it's very interesting that Bondic's going to go to Asia because I mean I don't think anyone could have predicted that you might see him go into like a Penta or something you know in Europe, but him going over to Asia, very interesting. I haven't heard L talk in a while. Why don't you say uh, you give your um, opinion. you know, because I saw the move, uh, Bondic being put on loan, and I found it interesting because, you know, Bondic, I, I, from what, I, from his tenure on Hell Raises and prior teams, you know, he, he's, he's, he's had some explosive games here and there, but his personality is also quite explosive as well. And so with everyone else on Tyloo and Peacemaker, you know, all these members coming from different regions, you know, it's uh, as much as I want them to succeed, I feel like there's going to be a couple major barriers for them with, you know, with them going for uh, West uh, WSG pretty soon. And uh, what was the other event that uh, he's on Tyloo loan for? Was... Um... Yeah. Because I know he was on loan for West and uh, WSG and something else. Epicenter. I am. Epicenter twenty seventeen. Epicenter. That's right. Okay. Not, so well, he can't play in Wessex because I mean he's not a he's not Chinese, but he'll play for. Oh, yeah. he, he can't play in Wessex. Right. I mean, oh, that's right. Star. That's right. Starlighter. Starlighter. That's right. My bad. 
Ladder, there we yeah, go. That's right, my bad. Oh, um, actually, so... we don't really even know if Tyler were in Epicenter yet, because there's the Chinese right. qualifier hasn't been uh, announced or announced. started. Yeah. Um, I think even then, right? Because this is this has been such a the announcement. I mean, some people were expecting it, but many people, you know, some members inside the scene were expecting, it, but no one expected him to go to Taiwu and with. We're assuming the the Chinese qualifiers for Epicenter starting soon, and uh, Star Ladder as well starting soon. It's gonna take quite a bit of time for them to mesh together as a unit, given you know the language barriers and the different play styles of the team. I guess we're gonna of each player on the team. I mean, that's the only thing I could really see them uh, speaking because I mean, unless Bondic knows Chinese or. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's back to thinking about like the Wessig teams that came out. You have like Team Ukraine, which many people uh, thought that players like Angel were going to be a part of, not as Vincere, current Navi, uh, in place of Zeus. And they have Bondic, Simple Edward, Zeus, and Angel. And these are five players from Ukraine that, like, these are the top five Ukrainian players. Like, there are no better Ukrainian players than these five. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, that, on, the, um, like, a regular stage, like, an E-League or a... Uh, It'd be really one, cool to see them. Ooh, Angel in the top yeah. team? Oh, man, that's, that's something else. I mean... I haven't seen him in a while. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, Zeus... No offense to Zeus. Zeus has been good. Like, he was great with Gambit, of course, he won a major. But Navi has been very underperforming, very underwhelming... I wouldn't put that on Zeus so much as I would. No, no, not even. I'd put the I'd put the blame on other players. Like Flamey's inconsistencies have been showing up a lot more. Seized trying to show up, but still hasn't. Edward being the supportive player he is, is doing what he can. It's really just simple. Like the tactics are there, the players aren't. Like yeah. it's it's literally what was happening with the old Navi. And oh by when I say old Navi I mean with Guardian. Because Guardian was there, Simple was there, and when Guardian wasn't there, Flamey was, and nobody else showed up. Yeah, that's right. Who's going to show up this time? You would, I guess the uh, hope was that Zeus would say, hey, you go here, you go there, here, micromanage players more, and then that would make them better all of a sudden. But then again... Uh, that's, not that's, not, re uh, that's not realistic. Yeah, that's the, the word I was looking for. That was the hope, of course. I feel like they outperformed that in the E-League group stage. They were in, I believe, GP's group. I mean, they won the first map, and they, after that, didn't make it. So, I mean, obviously, of course, they have potential to be good, but <coughs> Simple, of course, literally hard carries that team. It's literally mm -hmm. insane. Unfortunately, yeah. Simple can't carry them across the finish line all the time. Yeah. And then you look at, on the other side of the, the board, you got Team Russia with Seized, Flamey, Electra that everybody wanted to see on Navi as well, uh, with World Edit and Dogia. And I'm assuming that considering it was Seized who put together the team and is the supposed captain, that he's going to be in-game leading for the roster. That would make sense. And then you have Norway, I think we already said, which is literally the old um, London Conspiracy Norwegian lineup of Polly, Skirk, Rain, Jacob, and Mystic with Rubino as backup. Um, why Rubino as backup? I'm not sure. I would have rather him in instead of Skirk. Yeah, Rubino's been an all-star uh, support player when he was on Dignitas. I mean, yeah, top level since. I mean, he was he went back to Dig after. I mean, Dignitas became North, then he left North for Dignitas. 
and so he's been kind of meh. As in, he hasn't really had a good mm-hmm. team around him, so I can't really blame him that much. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little, it's very surprising to see like a top tier player like that, a big brand name, just be on the bench when you have like no yeah. names playing. But then again, maybe the no names are better than him. Maybe he's past his prime. We don't know that. I mean, obviously yeah. we'll see <laughs> in the qualifiers. But I mean, that's why I think I think Westwick is a very smart idea. But my uh, my issue is I think something like an event like this size of like a World Cup type format should be officially valve sponsored and then it should be like an actually big deal like they say hey you know what we'll have a big player break before it we'll have always rosters form it'll be valve sponsored there'll be prizes skins all that kind of stuff a big like the overwatch world cup i think something like that would be smart for csgo because westwick i mean yeah it's cool everyone likes to see this but then again like no one really watched westwick when it's finals the production quality was horrible the venue wasn't that great it was in china nothing to still offense in china but it's not a huge cs country because it's a Chinese, um, basically what the owner of Westwick is a Chinese company who just spends millions of dollars on esports because they can because China oodles of money. Um, if Valve did something like this in the vein of the Overwatch World Cup, the way the BlizzCon, and Valve had like a big event for CS fans in like uh, Poland or someplace that's really big on CS like Katowice or maybe um, anywhere like Brazil. Well, Brazil, oh, oh, oh. I don't think Thor, well, Thor couldn't go if he was in Brazil. A lot of people are blacklisted from Brazil, <laughs> but even North America, yeah. like the Philips Arena, something like that would be dope. Like, I mean, if Valve sponsored yeah. that person, like, I don't know about how y'all feel about that, but I think if Valve did something like this with a huge prize pool, I think it would really make CS, like, a big deal in terms of more than it is now, because everyone would be, like, would want to watch for their for their specific countries, you know? Mm-hmm. Because the major is kind of that way, because the major, I guess, is our form of the World Cup, but then again, the major has its inherent flaws with its way it's set up and but we'll find out what the next how the next major will go in a few months. I mean I like I like you know, I agree with you, you know, WSG the format at least. It it's it's enticing, you know, to see all these regional super teams come in like we mentioned earlier. But I think I think the reason people aren't invested as much into events like this as opposed to you know e-league or or valve sponsored majors or you know online leagues like ecs and stuff like that it's because of that you know that regional limitation right that you know you see teams like team norway bringing in you know these these you know long lost names from 2014 2015 uh heroic bringing in pimp replacing i think Madi it was for the, the for the Denmark qualifiers right so it's it's kind of it's that regional limitations bringing in these no name players and then you lose the the org names as well like no one's no one's quote unquote representing navi no one's quote unquote representing um i can't think of another team you know team ukraine you know right and you know you have envious big as well i think they qualified for the uh eu finals yeah, right. So they're representing Germany, right? So there are a couple exceptions to that, but th- that's the that's the problem with Fnatic and God um, Center there. Of course they are. Yeah, I think they're all Swedish lineups. Yeah, so they were, yeah, they're they're in they the uh, in the uh, I guess the the, uh office, yeah. They have like a CS qualifier, there's a France qualifier, America's, and then a lot. Of- it leaves uh 
people wondering where the Belgian and uh, Netherlandic teams of P players like uh, Chris J and Crucial and then Existence, Tuanu and Scream are. Because the Benelux qualifier still has four spots left, so you could see um, Scream and Existence come back together for so would you have, guess, possibly. Scream, Existence, Shock. Who else would you put on the lineup? I'm really curious. RPK maybe or no, he's French. Shock's also French, though. So Shock is yeah. Belgian, right? No, he's French. No, he's French. Yeah, so I figured. So yeah. It would be Tuan. Scream, Existence, and Room Bang, I think his name is, or David P, either one of those two. And you say yeah. these no-name players, but I really like seeing these no-name players get oh, their yeah. chance. I really sure. like that. I mean, it's just, it's definitely, you know, it's interesting to see, I guess. I, maybe you might say underrated would be the better term than no-name players, of course. But... Yeah. For how much money they put into this, it's a little sad to see that people aren't taking their time to see the to put the viewership in but with all these bigger names coming into the events it is gonna probably be a bigger deal this year around you know what i mean yeah yeah you gotta think like the america's qualifiers in like january february so like this stuff is being dragged out for months because of course you know they have tournament schedules schedules everything so but this thing has been it's dragged out for a long time so it's really hard to follow something that's been going on for months isn't i in my opinion the best uh it's not very well planned out I would think, just because of how they go. Like, informa finding information on this isn't the best, but you gotta go to HLTV or Team Wikipedia to really get all this kind of information. And that's not to be like a, more of a hardcore fan, so like your average casual Counter-Strike fan, they couldn't just go to like CSGO.com or like Valve.com or something to find it out. They have to go to more dedicated websites, and that kind of, I would say, decreases the casual viewership, because it just makes it harder to find that information. I mean, you could just favorite the page. You don't gotta be, be lazy about it. Yeah, I would say for casual fans that don't like do that kind of stuff, they just say, "Hey, let me see what's going on," right? Or they might go to like they might only know what goes on in the uh, CS:GO menu, and of course, then you only know about majors. But oh, I why, see. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. for casual fans, the people that that's the reason why we, CS:GO might get two hundred thousand, three thousand viewers on like a bigger tournament because casual fans might know about that. They're not gonna watch the smaller like team have Denver's and stuff like that, you know? They're gonna watch. Yeah. They might watch the big events just casually. So it's definitely interesting to see somebody, if West League, maybe they'll learn from their mistakes from last year. Because last year the production quality was terrible. It was it was god awful. Like, it, it was. was? Oh, it was awful. I watched. It was like I was up till one in the morning watching it. It was not a fun time to watch. It did not. It just wasn't well produced. Uh, the, the, like you know, it wasn't like not even normal tournament issue. It just felt like it was like a lower, like a lower tier production value. Like, you, when yeah. you watch something like Epicenter, or you watch Star Lab, these things have good, high-quality production value. E-League, you know, you know what you're expecting. West League just wasn't in that same category. And CSGO, I mean, ESL even, for what the league is, the company gets a lot of uh, a lot of flag, but they still have pretty well-produced <laughs> tournaments. And then yeah. West League just wasn't, wasn't in that category. In my opinion, at least. I mean, of course, I could be, I could be wrong, but that's probably about it. Fair. But that's, you know, so that's that's our uh, first part of our podcast. Now we're going to go into what we call 1v1s. Um, I'll be the judge this week, and it's really simple. I'll put out a question. Uh, Anthony and L will give their opinion on it. I judge who has, in my opinion, the better logic for their opinion. I'll give them a point. And whoever wins, well, they win. We haven't really figured out what we're giving the winner yet, so... They get a point. We get a point each. Yeah, if you win the question, I mean. Yeah, but then <coughs> I 
I mean, you can win four three or whatever, but we don't really know what. Like, yeah. You know, there's no prize. This is just. It's really. Uh, it's just for fun. So, in all fairness, potatoes of the one v one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll let L go first because I guess Tony's already done this before, so I don't want to give him too much an advantage. Uh, you ready? Yeah. Yes, okay. sir. All right. So you're gonna get two minutes to answer. I'm not gonna be. Who goes first? L. You're gonna answer. You're gonna answer first. So, and then you answer. I'll tell you time's up, and then. I'll say Tony, and then Tony will give his answer, and then I'll just be my non-biased judging like last time, where I was super biased. Alright, okay. you ready? Okay. Let's go. If you could assign an event to watch as under $250,000 until the end of 2017, which would it be and why? If, I'm sorry, if there was an event yeah. that was over $250,000? The event, you know, upcoming calendar... Um, which would be your one to watch and why? Mm, I'm really looking forward for some. I'm looking forward to um, the uh, ESL, the C- uh, season six ESL finals, which is in December under, in uh, yeah, Odense. It, it has to be under two hundred fifty thousand dollar prize pool. Oh, under two hundred fifty grand. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay, so that means I. Oh crap, that means. So under two. Okay, that means I, some Google time. Kind of Google. <laughs> yeah, um, I was gonna say I am Oakland, but uh, that's a three hundred k prize pool. So, yeah, um, I'll I think look out for DreamHack Denver. Okay, and why is that? I mean that's twenty days. Um, Denver. Um, well, it's because two reasons. Maybe maybe it's just me. One, it's you know you rarely see, uh events uh cs events in north america in general right and even though we only have two teams so far for denver Hellraisers and uh energy you know energy has a lot of potential uh f- i think they have a lot of potential right. um with uh and jay and Sirku, you know the two new pickups as well as fugly and breeze you know trying to prove themselves on a sort on a sort of a bigger on sort of this you know big lance quote unquote big even though it's only a 100k event um yep um with the uh teams that are crap yeah with the other teams that we don't know yet you know it's <laughs> oh yeah this is so hard yeah. <laughs> it's, it's this is gonna be a hard this is gonna be an event to watch and then how raises <laughs> with uh walk sick as well and you know walk is a good player to watch Under two thousand, under two hundred and fifty thousand, or two hundred fifty thousand and under. Uh, under two hundred fifty thousand. Okay, well then I buy Power Masters two thousand seventeen. Gonna have to be my pick because we got teams like Cloud Nine, CLG, Team Liquid, and Optic Gaming at their first LAN of the year. They're gonna be a huge team to look out for, and seeing as this is like the biggest battle for the top three in North America, this is gonna be like the biggest telling point. You have Cloud9 with their new roster trying to figure out who's going to do what, who's going to be the entry, and you have CounterLogic Gaming, been the steady roster out of all of these teams. They're going to see if they can prove their worth and keep their roster together. Team Liquid, you've seen, blow up against these top-tier level European teams, and Optic Gaming, of course, being a European team itself, going against these teams with four other to be announced. I feel like this is just going to be a huge telling point for how North America is going to move forward. All right. Well, the point is to go to... And uh, Mr. Tony himself. Uh, personally, I think I like Power is going to be Master 
<laughs> tournament. Uh, we already have four out of eight games announced. $100,000 prize pool. It's going to be two days uh, in the eSports Arena. Great venue. Please check it out if you want. If you head out that way, Santa Ana, California. Um, but yeah, Optic, first event, LAN, Liquid, Cloud9, CLG. Like, that's just, whew. Like, CLG. Yeah, it's hot. Stanford teams, but yeah, we hot. Uh, I mean, that's just the first <laughs> four. I mean, I who else could be, you can think about, uh, some little, maybe Misfits might go. You could see. Mm -hmm. That'd be interesting to see them there, too. Yeah, Nip, maybe. You could see some really good teams. Um, there. I don't know if it's a European Open. I mean, I'm I sure, think it's. I'm sure they'll have European. I mean, Optics European, technically, if you want to. Look at it that way. Fair. I mean, well, based in America. Yeah, I mean, sure, but like ninjas in pajamas would have to fly in. They're gonna be playing because last year they had Immortals. I mean, that was the only, and they had Flipside last year in Tyloo. So Wasn't that uh, also a qualifier for yeah, a bigger it was, event it was though? A qualifier for OEM, I am open. Fair. Okay. I mean, well, we'll see what happens. We'll, yeah, we'll see what play. happens. Like I can see them inviting like Immortals or Luminosity. You know, that makes sense. Oh, immor immortals. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't, I'm actually spoiling my... Next question. So. Spicy. Let's move on. All right, boys. So, Tony gets the first point. Um, next question. We'll start with Tony first because I'll start it first last time. Of all the regions, which produces the most consistent top tier lineups and why? Okay, before you, before you give me my time, can you elaborate a little bit more? All right, so re regions being like... Uh, no, I get what you mean by regions. I mean, but like, what do you mean top tier teams? Like, what has the most potential yeah, which, for top tier well, teams which in region, total? Like up until now in CS:GO history, have produced oh. top tier. Like, what would you say is the most top tier lineup? Okay. I think that the obvious answer would have to be Sweden. Because in Sweden, you have teams like Ninjas of Pajamas, one of the most, the most, I would say, dominant team in the 1.6 era coming into CSGO. They were battling it out with, ironically enough, another Swedish team, Fnatic, for top one in the world. And then Fnatic had revamped their lineup from another top one looking Swedish lineup in LGB with Olaf Meister, Dennis Crims, and Twist. And even then, while you had these three different teams, comes all these other players like Madi, and then you have Schneider and all of those teams making more regional mixes. And you always see these Swedish players mixed around, and they're always trying to battle their way to the top. And they've always floated around there. And while they have done that, they've been at the top too. So for all this time, I feel like they've been at the top the longest, they've been the strongest, and that's just why I'm going with Sweden. Okay, good answer. Elle, are you ready? Let's go. Um, I think, well, Sweden's a good answer. I think France can also be, uh, made an argument for, you know, pull, pushing out, you know, top tier talent. Um, you know, cause we've seen talent, you know, in Shox and Smith, you know, the iconic duo, Kenny S and, you know, up and coming players like, like, Body. <laughs> yeah, Kukui, um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, you know. You, there's not a lot of French players and not a lot of French teams or ors that have represented. Obviously, G2 now represent the super team. Envious minus Scream because he's Belgian. Um, you know, the France has always been consistent. You know, most of the players on France in France at least. You know, they've attended. You know, they've attended all the major tournaments. They've attended all the premier tournaments. You know, they've always placed top eight, top four, made the finals. 
you know it's you know obviously you have some players like Kiyoshima who's always had his on and off days players like Happy you know who's considered you know one of the best French in-game leaders even though he's on the leftover lineup that that is that is envious and obviously we have existence you know who's who's just like who's always been left in the dust in these French shuffles so I think France has a really good pool a talent pool just like Sweden all right that's it so that's a rough one so I see both your arguments. Uh, you can say Fnatic. I mean, Sweden has won four majors combined with three with Fnatic, uh, one with Nip. And then if you made the argument that you could say France has won two majors, one with ODLC, one with Envy. I mean, even look at Titan. It's you can really you can really go either way. But I feel like Tony's argument about Fnatic and uh, Nip being at the top for so long uh, shines brighter, especially because I mean. France, France has been good, but they just... Like, They're always Titan, mixes. Yeah, it's always mixes. Look at Titan. Yeah. I mean, Titan has, uh, is, has a potential, but they always kind of underperform. You do mention Kenny S and Shock, both very good players. But you really, I feel like you're elaborating too much in depth about why, what makes them good, why they're the top. So I, I have to give this point to Tony again. So, <sighs> Tony's 2-0 right now. You got to catch up, Bell. You got to catch up. And so you're going to start off with the next question. Alright. Get the ball rolling. Uh, will the Immortals roster be able to work their way back up to the top of the North America slash South America scene? Yes, no, and why do you say so? Starting now. We don't even know what their roster is. Damn, that's tough. Ooh, then, you know, okay, so considering it's the three of Corvi, Bolt, and Steel. Corvi. So, I think Immortals, uh, Shiz and Destiny obviously have great talent being on um, LG, Bolts and Steel both being, both having been under the prior leadership of um, Fallen uh, while they were on um, Luminosity Gaming in late 2015, uh, early 2016, and um, Horvy. Uh, has shown a lot of you know good talent around. So I think with just a little bit of time and with Zach still under the coach, I mean, Zach has brought him to a major final, and not it's obviously not just on the back of his you know demo research and him being that six man the coach, but you know, Bolton still having that experience of uh fall under fallen, Horvy just a young up and coming gunner and Shiz and Destiny both up and coming they've been in the pro scene for a while they've had exposure I think they can reach the top echelon of uh, Counter-Strike again alright same question to you Mr. Tony and go I'm going to answer no I do not think that this roster or any roster that they could possibly form will come back to the top unless they get the absolute best players that they could so if with SHZ and Destiny, if they keep those two, I do not see them making their way back to the top. If they pick up a player like Yell in Showtime, the two players that I think that they should pick up, I think that they can make it back to the top. But if they don't, I don't see Horvy becoming their main opera, and I don't find him a very efficient one either. I don't think Steel or Bolt will function as proper in-game leaders without the rifling power behind them, and I don't think SHZ or Destiny are ready for the top tier of a Counter-Strike. Yeah, I, I, it's just short and, short and, short and sweet. <laughs> 
force his Mr. Short into making a decision point to L because I feel like Immortals definitely has the potential. Bolton still has shown to be some of the better parts of that old Immortals lineup. Uh, you look at Henny is very inconsistent, but Bolts always consistent. Steel relatively consistent. You do make the point that you don't think they'll be able to IGL effectively without strong offing slash uh, rifling. But then again, Bolts, he would drop 30 bombs at major qualifiers. I mean, the man was insane. I'm going to have to give the point to L. So now, Telonier 2-1. And we're going into the best of seven. So, first of four wins. Next question starts off with Anthony Vitali himself. Which Danish roster will be number one at the end of 2017, and why? And that's the only one. have, like, one or whatever, but, I mean, mostly Danish rosters. Are you saying are you saying like current rosters or like current are you making, yeah, asking like, me to make a move? Yeah, no, no, no. Current rosters, like which which roster of like astrology? Oh, number one would have to be. I have a minute. You said. Yeah, two minutes. Okay. Um, number one would have to be. I'm gonna give it to Austral Australis or Australis because. Australia. It's like they're not they're not in their form right now. Glaive is trying to in-game lead as best as he can. He's fragging as well. And while they're under the radar in terms of skill and talent and aim right now, you can you can count on device to come back. KRB is still a developing player. He's gonna come back. Whatever roster move they decide to make, if they make any, I feel like it's gonna only benefit them because they have the money and the tools to make this work. Zipix clutch player. He's in, he's been on the chopping block before, and when they need him to step up, he steps up. You can see that at the major. And Dupree is a player that's very valuable and versatile so i can see him coming back as well and when you make the argument of north all i want to say is that north has had little blips and right now we can't really overrate them because of what they've done all right that's your answer um same question to you mr l no all right um this might this might sound quite biased but uh i'm gonna say a stalwart um <laughs> Not because I'm an Astralis fan. Uh, with the form that they, sh the, the, with the form that they showed off uh, late last year at ECS to uh, this year at E League and Katowice, you know, people thought that this was, you know, the Astral. Many people thought after they won Katowice, this was the Astralis era. But ever since then, they haven't won a single tournament. And you look at Pro League now; they haven't won anything. They're in playoffs right now, uh, in E League playoffs against Fnatic, and if they can make it to the finals of uh, E League, um, and win it, I, I honestly they can get back on a roll with the upcoming tournaments that they're playing, and uh, ES uh, ESL Pro League about to uh, kick off again. I think Astralis can make their uh, comeback. Well, you both said Astralis, so that kind of makes it hard. Um, personally, I'm saying North because I feel like North has just had a better string of success recently, and I think they're just they just look more consistent. And they look kind of on your face in terms of how they play people, these top tier teams. But I'm surprised now that he's mentioned the upcoming potentially decider event that could decide who is the best team in Denmark, and that event would be the Blast Pro League Series, which is probably the most interesting event of the year, basically because of how it's formed. So. Blast Pro League is going to uh, be basically in two days, and they're going to have like all kinds of matches going at one time. This big, all-encompassing event. You're going to have G2, FaZe, Nip, and North, Astralis, SK. It's going to be insane. That's a mini-major. 
in and of itself at the end of November. And yep. I think that's definitely going to decide who are going to be the best team in Denmark. But personally, I'm sa- I would say North is. Uh, in terms of arguments, I feel like I'm going to have to give it to Tony on this one. I like how we said about Dupree, especially because Dupree has been, in my opinion, more of an undervalued player. Uh, we like to look at him as a secondary offer. He was a great asset at USA 1 New York. And I think that was a really good, important point to make. And so Tony gets a point of that one. L, you're starting this time. All right. Uh, so the next question is, uh, of course, there will be an X major. Where do you think the X major at the beginning of 2018 should be? Like in terms of what country, what maybe even a specific arena, where should that be and why? Um, I think uh, MLG should host it again in uh, Columbus. Um, they should. What they did at Columbus uh, la- uh, in 2016 was an impressive showing. Uh, the The production quality was amazing, and you know, from what I've heard around with this, with the member, with the teams in attendance and the analysts who were there, you know, MLG just handled production, and they just handled the entire event amazingly. The crowd in Columbus was ecstatic. They were just super loud and um with the team with the competition that we have currently in the cs scene i seen that kind of competition at columbus with the crowd that we saw in columbus with the mlg production i think it would make an amazing major all right so this answer is going to come from the heart almost a little bit because uh, it's been a while, man. I'm just trying to see another DreamHack. Uh, like, it's been so long since a DreamHack event, man. Like, the, the crowds are like, like he said with, an, with with MLG, the crowds from DreamHack are so like, it's a lot of 1.6 fans because this is what they know. Like, this is the things that they love, they live for. Like, these little boxes that they're put in and in a huge stage with all these lights and flashing signs and with the production value that they put into this thing, the camera is great. The angles they shoot are great. The interviews are high quality, and the intermissions are just, like, they keep me there. Like, the intermissions, I don't even leave. I listen to the music. I jam out. It's a fun time, like, even watching it from here. Like, it's just fun. It's just a really good time, and it's been a while. I can see how he wants MLG. It was a good event, but it's been too long since we had a dream hack, and I think that they've proven themselves worthy of another chance at that. So, can you remember the last, uh, was the last one called Napoca for dream hack, I want to say? 15. Yeah. 15 yeah, 15. All right, so... Whew. Sorry, Tony. I'm sorry about the heartfelt praise. It didn't work. Uh, personally, it's like one of the worst majors, I thought, at least. I mean, you can't really blame DreamHack for all that, but I mean... DreamHack- whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't say that one was good. I said that they've proven themselves to be good. Okay, are you referring to the Masters, I'm assuming? I'm so- All of Masters was good? Las Vegas had good production? Masters, they have them in uh, Cuban Malmo. They have one in Vegas. I'm assuming they'll have another one. So. Oh, yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. Yes, okay, those have been pretty great. But you look at Vegas, had like a ha- not their fault, but it was expensive. They had like a half sold out crowd. I don't know. Dreamhack, I just have to say MLG. I mean, shout out to Mr. MLG Adam on Twitter. Um, I said MLG definitely has the leg in production. Uh, they just know how to run an event smoothly. You look at other esports like Halo, Call of Duty, Gears of War. They just. They know what they're doing, and so with CSGO, everyone loves them for CSGO. 
I'm gonna have to, I, I want the MLG major. I want them back in America. Columbus, sure would be nice, but if they were anywhere else, it'd be beautiful. So I'm gonna have to give them, give them to L. I'm sorry, Tony. See you. That was really ugly from the heart. I'll admit that. That was very beautiful. I almost cried. I just want a dream hack, man. I, I actually want a dream hack as well. Dream hack has. Oh, sh oh yeah, be quiet. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> 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 PGL. If we had the PGL, I probably would have fired you right here and there. <laughs> PGL. Oh, PGL. Yeah, it was awful. Alright, so... <laughs> ESL. Uh, Tony, you're up next. You're batting. Uh, this is right now. The score is... 3-2. 2 You're winning. I'm impressed. <sighs> got one more backup. Uh, this is map point, buddy. So let's see if you can do it. Oh, we might get reversed up. We'll see. What North American team will make a run at the next major? Assuming, of course, there will be another major. And assuming, of course, the North American team qualifies to the major. Well, I mean, the obvious answer would be Team Liquid. But that's just why I'm going to pick Cloud9. Because Cloud9, listen, hear me out. While Liquid's had their had their little runs, they've been they've been up and down, taking down SK in a couple best of threes. Good job. Pat, pat you on the shoulder. We're going to get Cloud9 up in this next major. They're going to show what they've got. They're going to explode. They're going to have good tactics. They're going to gel perfectly. The op of Skadoodle is going to be back with the chemistry of the team forcing him to be a good player. They're going to be like, yeah, Ska, good shot. Good job, man. You get in there. You get those frags. And Ska's going to close down every op duel you'll ever see. Just, just watch. Just watch. I don't even need to explain. I'm willing to take the gamble and not explain. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Team Liquid, and um, I as much as I like Cloud Nine, you know, n as much as I like Cloud Nine for their explosive plays, their all star power, they really it seems like in their recent performances, you know, as good as they are, they do seem to lack a bit of u u unity there, and that's obviously because they're a newer roster. With Liquid, they have Zeus, who's obviously taken SK to two major championships. Um, we have Stanislaw, who's obviously not an in-game leader anymore, but still a good player in itself. Twist and up-and-coming North American star. Uh, JDM, I, I, think I, will, I, I think I will argue, is the best North American opera right now because he, he can off and he can, and if he needs to, he can also get on that rifle. Elise, just an explosive player and nitro the new in-game leader i think his style of in-game leader is nice it liquid uh, just meshed together so well as a team with the infrastructure that liquid gives them and with zeus with what zeus implements into the team the fact that you know these all these parts are coming in you know all the players on liquid are individual stars in the sauce but they're giving up some of the individual star power to mesh together as a team better and to make these runs like they did at uh, ESL1 New York that they could have done here at E-League earlier today. Starting to regret not elaborating. Yeah, sorry, right. Tony kind of lost that one. Cause <laughs> yeah, just go L quick, go quick. Get this last one. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm in. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I was gonna. I, mean, I was gonna say his, some of it. He has improved his rifle play. I'll give him that. But still, he's just weak. It's just, ah, it's a pain. I would say he's the best pure rifle, uh, sniper, um, opera in NA. But on, on rifle, huh? ugh. Like Scott, and then again, you look at 
uh, what Tony said about the doodle. Just forget about my. Just I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to talk about it. Thank God I get this one first. Uh, the current iteration of FaZe Clan, I think, with Olaf Meister and Guardian coming into this lineup, you know, now we truly have an international one. Nico, in con- who can, who's in contention to become world's number one. Olaf Meister and Guardian, who have proven themselves to be the world's number one. Kerrigan, a respectable in-game leader, and I think there's a player for getting... Uh, see, Kerrigan... Olaf, Nico. Oh, that that. Uh, no, Olaf, my sir. Not Nico. Rain. Rain. Oh my God. Uh, he he has he. There we go. He has been. I think he has been the. He has been an anchor in in the scene. He's been an anchor in the CS scene for as long as personally as long as I have been. A good anchor, a bad anchor. Uh, in a good way, like he he can hold down from what I've seen in this, but he can hold down a site. He can make explosive plays when he needs to. He can, you know, he he has a game sense that you know everyone everyone else on this superstar lineup has. You know, their aim is impeccable. Kerrigan's strats are there. You know, even though this team is pretty much all aim, right? So, so that's why I think this phase is yeah. Right. Okay. Is it was this question like set up for failure or do I have a shot? Oh, you have a shot. Okay. Well, I got a I got a good one. Go. I'm gonna say Mouse Sports okay. because they have the AWP player and Oscar, who I would say is just as good, if not better, than Guardian. Sunny, an up and coming talent, and has been for quite a while now, finally getting his shot and only has room to develop as a player. I think he could reach at the level of of rain even like maybe even reach above i think in, like this is an honest opinion not just because i want to win i think that sunny has the ability to grow beyond his riches like what people expect him to do i think that rops is a player that you could say that just as just as well i think you could have two players who are, go above and beyond what people expect because this this player has had no experience with any high level team except for now stiko is going to have to morph into more of a not support but like more of a more of a solid player, like us, like a, an anchor player to hold down the sights for his team and do what he needs to do. And Chris J is going to have to secondary op. I think he's a fantastic secondary op, better than I would say even Olaf Meister has been recently. Olaf Meister has been making resta- mistakes, going overly aggressive and trying to do what Nico does, and it's going to trip them up eventually. I think. Um, I didn't think this phase clan roster is going to do anything huge, and I still don't think that they're going to make their way into top uh, top one. I don't think they're going to make it there, but I think that Mouse Sports has just as much as a chance, if not better. In uh, near future. All right. Well, um, after going to vision changes and making much deliberations in the past two seconds, I'm gonna have to give it to drum roll, please, Mr. We're back. So, because here's my thing. I agree the phase is really good, but the point of Sunny and look what Sunny was on Penta. Sunny was a god on Penta. 
look at Rops, who they came into Nuzlocke, they're like, oh, he's outliner, and then he's done pretty well on line, on land, is that even better? And then Oscar, I think Oscar takes the cake, because I mean, I know Mouseworks, at least at land, at E-League, wasn't the greatest, but Mount, uh, at Mikados, beating Liquid in the best of five, whew, yeah, that was pretty insane. I know, of course, uh, FaZe did beat Team Liquid in the best of five at Liquid in New York, but then again, they only played Cloud9 before that, and then in the group stage, it was like two best of ones, so there was nothing special. I feel like if you could argue, it's even a one-off, because the way they were playing was brand new, and that was on the pre, that was the pre um, Glock, Glock nerf slash armor, aim punch, buff, what do you want to say? So yeah. you could argue that that, was, that might not work. Their style play might not work in the future. So I genuinely think he could have beaten me if he brought up something about Kerrigan. Yeah, Kerrigan, here's the thing. Yeah, once again, like you said, mentioned Lucile, that phase plays. He did, he did yeah. say that Kerrigan has a decent tactics, but, I mean, and of course, Chris J is uh, IGL, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could argue that Kerrigan has the better stats, but then again, how much is Nico going to be like, hey, I'm going to listen to that? He's gonna, Nico's just going to go out and shoot heads. So you have to think about yeah. the personalities inside the phase roster compared to Mouse, who are I feel more gel more, and I feel like they have a higher ceiling than phase. So True. Mr. Uh, Mr. Anthony wins this uh, 1v1. And, <laughs> but it was I choked a little bit with that one gamble, but it's all right. <clears throat> you were up three. You, you lost two straight. So um, thank you both. It's for, a good game. It was yeah. a good game. Good game. That's about all we have today, folks, for uh, today's podcast. This has been Real Sports Show Podcast. Next week, uh, should we talk next week? We'll be looking at E-League's playoffs. We'll be looking at more Western Let's, let's uh, leave a little bit to the imagination. We'll be looking at a lot of different stuff next week. We have Denver to preview. We'll have Epicenter to preview. We'll have a lot of different events we'll be looking at. So should be a very exciting podcast next week. Uh, Possibly a mix of uh, guests. Hopefully. We'll see. Thank you both for joining up. Thank you all the viewers and listeners no problem. out there who've been staying with us for this past hour. Hope you come back next week. Check us out on realsport101.com. You can see the CSGO section under the eSports section. Uh, keep it locked. Locked and loaded. Uh, see you on the next time. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>